Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer time. My name is Phil Whelans, and joining me as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello, Jim. Hello. Everything all right? Oh, beautiful. Good. Yeah. Also joining us, he's a good friend of the podcast. He is Gary Killington. Evening, Gary. You uh, went to the wrong venue to meet, and uh, completely wrong. To have an emergency. you had to be rushed over like a frozen kidney by a dispatch rider <laughs> in, a, in, exactly a, right. in a polystyrene box. Yeah, almost. In order did. To get here yeah, on time. Thanks for letting me know which pub I should meet in. I mean, you tried to, you tried to put me off the sand, but it didn't work. I tried I to throw you it. off, and here you are, <laughs> infuriatingly. Jim's uh, infuriated. Now, during the course of this podcast, we'll be discussing uh, two games of soccer played by the men's team. And one game of soccer yeah. played by the women's team. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jim and I went to see the uh, FA Cup semi-final against Reading, which uh, uh, West Ham women's team triumphantly won. Yes. Though whether that was deserved or not, we'll discuss that. Yeah. Uh, we'll also discuss the forthcoming FA Cup women's final with Gary Killington, who's going. You're Absolutely. going. Yeah, looking Jim, forward to it. Jim, you're going. Yep, I should Jim, go. you're going. Yep. I'm on the fence. I can't afford a ticket, so I'm going to sit on the fence and uh, and, and wait. You're going to do like they did in 1923. They just climbed over the wall. Stand on the roof of of a nearby tower block and watch it the way football used to be watched uh, before health and safety. (laughs) Um, Now, before we begin this podcast, uh, I'm going to read you a letter. Dear Professional Referees Association, good day to you. Please in, please find enclosed my offer of a fight. I will fight you at a time and place of your choosing, but ideally tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock on top of the ArcelorMittal orbit, Anish Kapoor's 114.5-metre-high sculpture in the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. It is literally Britain's largest piece of public art, and you cannot miss it. Or perhaps you can. Because, gentlemen, you are a bunch of fuckwits. I include you in this, Sean Massey Ellis, the female lineswoman that Richard Keyes was a dick about, whilst in no way condoning Keyes' behaviour or indeed his existence, which I consider a grave miscalculation. And Andy Gray too, fuck me. Although he was a decent player and not a bad pundit when he started uh, and wasn't such a massive bigot. Gary Neville's all right though. Hey, stop distracting me, Sean Massey Ellis. As you may know, West Ham United were victorious in the last two Premiership fixtures against Manchester United and Leicester, taking them to 48 points and with a strong chance of a seventh-place finish. Except you don't know, on account of you are a shower of shit, without the ability to organise yourself into a shower. You are just some shit. 
Upon your arrival tomorrow, Professional Referee Association at the iconic East London sculpture, you will be invited to take a number and sit in the reception area. When your number is called, you will step forward and I will push you over in a humiliating reenactment of the Paul Alcock Paolo Di Canio altercation, <laughs> which I know from the basis of the instruction which I know forms the basis of the instructional video you show to all aspiring referees entitled Play Dead colon nine cowardly coping strategies for when you're barely touched even by your wife or children at home hitherto i had nothing but the highest regard for you professional referees association but you have betrayed the trust of the trust that football fans and people who hate football the world over had in you these two games of football have resulted in the human race turning its back on you fuck off professional referees association <laughs> sincerely yours philip whelans also i have hired a giraffe to piss on you <laughs> well done harsh why words why a Jim. giraffe why a giraffe because they're high a referee can stand up underneath a giraffe oh, and be pissed on nice no, yeah. oh, nice yeah. oh, that's good yeah. Strong words, Jim. Very strong uh, Gary, words. Gary, strong, strong words. words. Strong, but, but strong, a powerful, compelling message, Jim, would you say? Just justified. A, I hope they turn up. Yeah. A powerful... <clears throat> yes, well, I, I shall be there tomorrow. Uh, having read that message very poorly, <laughs> having only really typed it a short while ago and not being familiar with its words. Um, powerful words, a powerful yes, message, that Jim. Is, that's do you think, good. as yourself, a referee, Jim, do you, yeah, well, yes, do you support of, the, the sentiments? Do you support the sentiments in that message? Uh, I do. I think. Um, I think. I think the officiating is generally pretty, pretty poor. Although I've been disappointed with the linesmen in these particular incidents. I mean, the referees have been problematic, but I think you know, on the whole, the standard of people running the line has, has, has actually, if anything, if not got better, it's certainly not got a lot worse over the last few years. Yeah, it's largely but the offside decisions, isn't it? Yeah. Is, is 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 really, really, really poor. I think at yeah. times. I mean, we'll talk in detail about those two games, but I mean, certainly in the case of the uh, uh, the second one, he was springing the offside trap by bending his run, and I mean, that's you know, that, yeah. that's that's the whole point of springing the offside trap is that you, you know, you're well, it, it you're offside. Even, and, I mean, it was sort of close, but not really tight. No, by, no. by you know, modern standards. No, it was it a couple of feet. I mean, yeah. Pellegrini said it yeah. was a yard, but it wasn't. But it was a couple of feet. It wasn't yeah. like nearly. Yeah. Whereas level. the Anderson one was tight. It wasn't it? I mean, the Anderson one. Still, still on. It was tight. Yeah, it was tight. And I thought you were supposed to give yeah. the benefit of the doubt and to the attacking, to the yeah. attacking yeah. player. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I think also Anderson's movement. He was, we, he, he was conscious of the danger of being offside and stepped into an onside position in order yes. to receive that ball. And yeah. uh, you know, and uh, both cases were the the, the, the sort of skillful exploiting of the offside trap that were then punished yeah. you know it's like it's i mean it's basically like the defenders could just decide whether you're offside if they've been tricked by your movement yeah. the, the the linesman's no better than people that don't want to get caught offside do you know what i mean it's like it's, there's, it's, there's a certain amount of judgment that creeps into these referees and linesmen where they 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 look at a player for instance what happened on uh, saturday was you know, Perez was clearly onside by a couple of feet, maybe yeah. a metre, as Pellegrini said. But it wasn't until the defender put his arm up that the linesman yeah. raised his flag. Yeah, They're yeah. clearly watching the players. They should be making their own calls. You know? and, I, and I think the, the referees are, like you said, Jim, the referees are dependent upon the help from the linesman. Linesmen far too often are just getting it wrong. Yeah. Bring on yeah. VAR. That's what I say. Well, now, I, I, that's interesting because um, what would VAR have done in the case of the Perez goal when Schmeichel had clearly stopped playing? So he and was playing to the whistle. Well, um, it, it stopped playing so the same way. what do you do in that situation? Because you can't really, you know... It stopped playing the same way that his dad did with the Canio at Old Trafford, right? It, it, I, I think he, he... Well, that was Bar- Bartes. Oh, sorry, Bartes. That was close, wasn't no, it? No, I don't yeah. think so. I don't know, because I think he, the whistle had been blown. Yeah. Um, and Perez did that thing of just carrying on to knock it into the net. Oh, the he? whistle had been blown. Oh, but... um, definitely. Right, okay. Um, so I'm not sure how you untangle, unpick that, because yeah. the mistake's been made and the decision on the field has been made and you could argue that the goal might or might not have been. So it was not mm. definite. The Anderson yeah, one's different. Know. I mean, that was clearly a goal. Um, uh, but then the, the one with the Anderson, you'd have to argue that the VAR... 
um, as it stands, isn't it? I, I, I don't know the exact wording of it, but the idea is it, it's it's to avoid you know clear and obvious errors. Well, you could argue that that wasn't a clear. It was so tight, you could argue it wasn't a clear and ob- an obvious error. I, I and think, I can see situations where we wouldn't have got either of those decisions at Old Trafford on VAR. I don't think the penalty against Snodgrass would have been overturned on VAR. And I don't think, because I don't think it's it would be counted as a clear and obvious error. It's an interpretation of but, contact between players. Well, I don't think that, And yeah. I'm not sure about the offside either. But isn't it just another set of tools for the referee to make use of and say it relies? You know, like you saw in the in the World Cup last summer, if it, it can be appalling if it's not used properly, right? yeah, if the yeah, referee yeah. is asking to refer every single decision, for instance, to VAR, but it's going to be a tool that they, is going to get better and they're going to learn how to apply it. And the referee is going to learn to say, learn to make a judgment call and say, right, I'm not sure about that. So it relies on a little bit of referee honesty to say, I'm not sure about that decision. I need some help. Can you give me a help? And then you've got three people sitting back in the studio well, with all the multiple well, angles. Yeah, that's not how it works, though, is it, in football? I mean, I, I think the problem is that, 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 that what we're up against is the fact that football is so often is the case. They haven't got it right in terms of the way they're implementing it compared to... And it's ridiculous because there are other sports where it is used, yeah. on the whole, more effectively that they could, have, they could have followed from. I mean, you don't want... Football's a fluid game yeah. and you don't want it being a kind of stop-start situation. Rugby union has more natural breaks in it, and obviously American football, where it it was first probably, I think, uh, used. Um, So, you know, there there are more kind of, uh, after a try has been scored and checking whether the ball's been grounded or that that kind of thing. Um, I think with, with... with American football, they have, they do review things regularly, but what they have is this coach's challenge, this red flag thing. And I think, um, and that's how it kind of works in cricket, where the, you know, the batsman or the fielding team can say, no, we think you've, the umpire's made a mistake there. We want to review that. And I think they should give the managers um, uh, a, a challenge per half, say. There's a strange um, hybrid, isn't there, yeah. with, with the, the, in football, where the referee on the pitch has still got overall say on whether yeah. the decision's made or not. So the, the, the team who are sitting in the studio miles away can refer it back to the referee to make the final decision on the side of the pitch. Well, surely, yeah. surely that just shouldn't happen, right? No, it's great. I mean, yeah. and, and, and I mean, while we're at it on sort of the fishing, I, I, for the life of me, I cannot understand why timekeeping is in the responsibility of the referee. It's the yeah. only major sport, really, where, yeah. you know, you've got perfectly good electronic timing, displays and whatever now. Yeah. Uh, it should be time on, time off. Everybody could see when the clock's been stopped for injuries or substitutions. It would stop all this business of people just walking off the walking off the field when the, their team is, is leading. Because sure. you know, and and uh, we'd all know how much time there was to play. Genuinely, yeah. I mean, so, you know. But you, however, sometimes I mean, the 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 you know, if you there, there's that time that Carlton Cole scored a goal and this never happens and the ball was in the air heading into the yeah, net yeah, and the referee yeah, blew up and that yeah, is what that would yeah. produce if you did give the timekeeping over to some sort of uh, third party to sort of do surely that would happen no then? you'd have the rule that you have in rugby that you did yeah. the, the, the you know the, the clock goes red so you know time is but it, but the time doesn't the game doesn't finish until the ball goes dead yeah. right right so you know you wouldn't have that problem you wouldn't okay, necessarily but... have that problem in fact you'd avoid it wouldn't you because you you're taking you're making the timekeeping completely objective so a rugby match carries on beyond the 80th but why shouldn't the, but if it but if, but, it, but if it's then somebody else's discretion why then shouldn't it just be the referee's discretion I well, I think a referee's got enough to do. To do. He's got right. too many things to do for a start, and we have the system whereby it can be clearly you'd, you'd put an end to time wasting if you did this. It would be a pointless thing because because the referee could simply say uh, for goal kicks you, you, the ball goes out of, out of play. It's it, the you know time off. But can't he just not be? Can, can't he just be a bit harder on time wasting? Well, they're not though, are they? Yeah, but that's. No, they're not. It depends. It's, it's, it's referee to referee, isn't it? And I, mean, I think you, you've refereed, Jim. I think you said you, you mm, refereed. Yeah. And um, I, I've only refereed kids' games before, and that's horrendous. You know, you see things from a completely different angle. So I've got a really good appreciation of how difficult a job the referee has got. 
And so if you can take some of that load off of their plate and let them focus on, you know, doing a, a couple of things right rather than all this myriad of different rules, I think that would be better for them. You know, yeah. they want to be the person in control of everything and making every decision, but a human being, I don't think, can can do that. No. I think what happened in the World Cup, which which annoyed me, was that basically it just validates cheating because someone yeah. goes over after the lightest touch in the penalty area and uh, VAR confirms that he was touched yeah, and goes over. And that's the problem for me, is that, you know, the, the basic... what It's not the nature of... Um, accurate enforcing of the laws is what laws do you want to enforce because if you're basically just encouraging cheating well then VIR will just help that happen it will absolutely help because that's what that penalty was against Snodgrass with Matter Matter clearly there was some contact but he went over well, it, didn't he? initiated by yeah. Matter yeah. I mean it's Matter who contacts yeah. who makes the contact into Snodgrass but that's Snodgrass. what they do to cheat that's how yeah. they cheat they lean yeah. in don't yeah. they I yeah. mean yeah. you know um, yeah. Neymar does it yeah. they all do it but look, it's a tool to stop cheating it's a tool to make the uh, you know to try and get the correct decisions and so I'm not for, sure it is though because I think the game is institutionally stupid it doesn't punish cheating well that's it's my, sort of, that's my you know, concern it sort of punishes but, things like violent play which quite often there's a bit of handbags that you go that's not a problem why are you so fixated on like going oh this sets a terrible sort of you know example to school kids when in fact cheating is rewarded and you're saying to school kids you know hey this is okay but you know yeah I mean I think on balance in one sense you are you're absolutely right Gary that, that, that there are some glaring horrible unfair errors that do need to be do need to be overturned but I don't think and as you said yourself as well we don't want the game to be turned every time there's a slightly controversial decision you don't want linesmen actually thinking I'm not going to flag because I'm going to wait for the VAR to sort it out it needs to be you know reserved for those things that that is a real error that's why I'd favour a challenge system because that way um uh, you know the 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 the, the coach because you lose your challenge obviously if you're doing it frivolously or if, if you're wrong. But basically, we know when there's a really really bad bad error, somebody's been you know sent off uh, and they and then they got the ball or something like that. You know, then you can you can put it right. And I think those it's that sense of injustice that you get. You don't want to take a decision. Sometimes you can see things in slow motion twenty five times. You know, and, and you still don't quite know. I think whether it's a great it's a foul idea. Or whether but, it's but when not. it's when it comes to something like that, where you watch replay, 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 and you can't make a decision, then then it's not a clear and obvious error. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say the Snodgrass one would have fallen into that category, yeah. to be honest, because yeah. at full speed, when you saw it initially, something, and you think, oh, you know, that you could yeah. see the referee giving that. I mean, because from where he was, it looked like. It slid in behind him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The two goals. Uh, the, the thing about them is that they don't look offside. You know, if essentially something doesn't look like something, and somebody kind of goes, "Ah, oh, yeah, it doesn't look like that, but it actually is." Yeah, uh, that's worrying. The reason neither of those goals looked offside uh, in uh, it, uh, uh, real speed in real time yeah. uh, was that they weren't. <laughs> That's why they. Well, didn't. the Anderson one but looked to- offside on the telly because because he he he, he, he you know because because the guy who was playing him on side wasn't in the shot wasn't on on the screen. It was, well, it was right, in the shot was in the right replay. Over, uh, yeah, there's plenty yeah, of replays. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Have but that when guy when he first stuck like, yeah. it in the flowers flag, yeah, I, I mean, I I said offside myself almost as he put it in the net, you know, because yeah. you don't see the you don't see the guy. Um, and of course, he's standing in front of, right across the other side, so fifty, well, seventy meters away. The linesman is from the guy who's playing him on side. These are tough decisions, difficult decisions for for, for officials to make. It was a tight one. Was I, really I, tight I don't one. think. Also, I, I, that's where you know your opinion of we're playing Man United comes into it because you don't expect to score such an easy goal well, against Man United. Yeah, do you? And yeah I mean no that's, that, him, that's the. I mean to turn to the two games in a bit more yeah. detail. I mean, for a start, I mean, just to introduce the subject, it was, um, you know, as I said last week, uh, it felt that coming into this kind of phase after Christmas of the second half of the season, I was looking forward to it very much because we sort of cemented a mid-table position and seemed to be on the way up, seemed to have a bit of momentum behind us and kind of going, we might have a better second half of the season than our first half of the season, in which case, you know, we're looking at sort of well over 50 points probably. It's going to to be really good. That sort of seemed not to happen and a couple of results went our way. And then 
Latterly, a couple of really rotten performances, Cardiff away and uh, Everton, Everton at home, were very, very poor performances. Um, and then two really good performances, two two performances in which essentially we won. We won both of those fixtures. And the referees just, the refer, the, you know, the... And you could add they the second, just, second half of Chelsea. We we, we at least put a yes, put yeah, a, but we didn't show. You know, I know yeah, we didn't, yeah, you know, get anything out of it. But but, but uh, we, you know, we just had those games overturned. I mean, we genuinely would be if if the, if we'd got the results that we deserve for those games because Manchester United weren't going to score a goal but from open play. They were, um, they were appalling. You know, they were appalling. Uh, um, so it's a shame. And I mean, I think you just have to accept. You know, one one thing. I felt certainly about this season and that, you know, I, I know from reading a bit of social media, once we did start to string some results together, people were going, how far can this team go? Yeah. European qualification stuff. I'm going, hang on. We've, you yeah. know, we've, we've, it's a still a, what, you know, it's become a cliche, but transitional season, I still feel this is, it's, it's still a kind of patchwork squad. It's a new manager, but, but, you know, those, those refereeing decisions have basically kind of just sort of, confirmed that this is a transitional season and let's not get carried away. It's annoying yeah. because seventh place, you know, would have been well within our grasp had we got the correct results for those games. But turning first to the Manchester United game, that was, they were... I was, I would say I was shocked at how bad they were. I mean, I, I was shocked at how bad they were when they came to our place, but that was towards the end of Mourinho's time and clearly yeah. they were dysfunctional and they didn't want to play for him and they were standing around and Lukaku looked completely uninterested didn't he and overweight and and yeah. you know they they hardly moved did they you know um and we could have even we could have we could have beaten them by more on on that day I think mm-hmm. we would you know that I've never seen a team give us so much space to play in um, and we came out of the traps that day as well, and we were at them right away and scored early yeah, on. We were excellent. And, you know what? <laughs> really good. Like you just how often have you played at Manchester yeah. United and thought, well, at two 0 after twenty minutes, this game is over? I mean, they're not; they're just not in this game at all. Yeah. And you know the freedom with which um, the space that Arnautovic had to run in, you know, between the centre backs for that yeah. that third goal. So I was expecting, oh, they're you know, Southgate's put a rocket up their asses. They've they've got they've been on this run. I was expecting them at least to be you know, difficult to beat and play. I thought this is going to be a hard game, you know, especially the form we're in. And to be honest, we should, we should have won it at a canter. Antonio was unlucky with the shot against the bar. It was a Very, great yeah. save from the header. You know, we had one or two other chances in the foot. We, we were probably a bit profligate in front of goal in the first half or getting into good positions and not playing a good final ball. Um, but everything, but, every know. single statistic in that game yeah. shows us to be the better team. Even down to, you know... How is it that a team that committed 14 fouls and had five fouls committed against them somehow wins two penalties? You just kind of go, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It does. And and especially because, you know, well, the the penalties, one of them wasn't a penalty. One of them should have been pulled back before Fredericks made that that tackle. But the game should have been dead and buried by then. We should have gone 1-0 up. Had we gone 1-0 up, I think it would have been, you know, Man United would have started to fold. I've got no faith in Man United being any bloody good at all at the moment. I mean, Solskjaer is not the the man. He hasn't got the the big character necessary to to manage Man United. That's a disastrous appointment. Disastrous. And and so this was always, when he got the job full-time, I think that's immediately when you see a change in the dressing room. Mm. You've got somebody who's everyone's mate right and yeah. they're all playing for him because patting him on the back and then suddenly he's got the authority he comes in the dressing room says I want you I want you I want you to do this do that you're dropped and yeah. then suddenly he's like who, who are you who yeah. are you well I think his first four or five games were something like Huddersfield Cardiff you know, yeah. Brighton or whatever I mean they, they were four or five games in a row that they probably would have won anyway under Mourinho yeah so um, you know but, I, uh, I, it seems but our second in you know basically it should have been one nil to us Yes. after half time our second went in not yeah. long after the break I think it went in on about yeah. the 50th minute yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so we you know we would have been totally in the driving game seat. they were ge- yeah, genuinely didn't seem to threaten our goal I'm not no. sure they they didn't look interested well, I think no. we played I think, I think all the as you say I mean it's it's just on that have we ever gone to Matt, uh, Old Trafford and played more passes than them 
Don't, you know, yeah, it had no. more possession than that. It was, it was just extraordinary. The stats were outstanding, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a good performance. It was a good performance from us, and uh, you know, it was an absolute. The result but was an absolute travesty. From the, the point the, of view, the officials of, stole the game. Oh, it was outrageous. Us. Stole the game. I from totally us. agree. However, from our perspective, we're being what it did expose is our lack of sort of fire, firepower, didn't it? You know, yeah. just yeah. just the need for a. A striker is going to stick the ball in the net. Yeah, and we, and we don't. We don't have one. I mean, we're going to talk about you know Leicester in a yeah. minute, and we just don't. Uh, I, I, well, let's let's kind of. We get scored. There. You know, we did score two goals in that game against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah, And hit the bar. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and hit, hit the bar. bar. So, yeah. so yeah. you know, uh, Anderson and uh, Antonio, you know, were mm. were had some form of uh, shooting boots on. Yeah, um, yeah, we we absolutely do need to get a striker, but I mean, I don't think that that game didn't really expose a lack, lack of fire, firepower. I mean, I oh, thought I thought we, it did. I thought yeah. I thought we were we were dominant in 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 midfield. We controlled the game. We had a lot. Of, we got into dangerous positions, and we didn't we didn't stick it in the net. You know, Everton stuck four past them when they were similarly dominant. It was know. it was one of those games where we were playing with Hernandez up front, and it didn't particularly work, did it? Yeah, until he, he, he went off well, on the game. does it ever when Not he's on well, his own up front? Well, you know. no, no. I mean, he's a great substitute, isn't he? He comes yeah. on as a substitute yeah. and he, 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 yeah. he has an impact. Yeah. First half uh, against Leicester, I thought we... I mean, Pellegrini is a, a big fan of uh, 4-4-2, but it does seem that we seem to play 4-5-1 a bit. You know, I thought, I thought Arnautovic... I thought Arnautovic was good against Leicester. I thought he was very lively. His movement was good. <clears throat> but he was slightly not getting service. He was, you know, the, well, last, the last third we were... There's two ways to look at it, right? And, they, and on Match of the Day, I don't want to give him credit, but Jermaine Jenis did an, an analysis oh, yes. of Arnautovic yeah. and it, the positions that he takes up and saying that he's not a natural striker. And, you know, Shearer and Lineker were sitting there nodding in agreement because he was taking some horrendous positions. And, you know, we were getting... You know, a, a player down the wing and he was looking up looking looking for someone to cross to and where's Arnautovic yeah. well he seemed to want yeah. it to be cut back exactly to, to, he, he was taking a position kind of on the edge of the penalty area rather yeah. than sort of attacking the six yard box which is what a sort of sort of sniffer kind of does yeah. um, you so know I don't know what's really happened to Arnautovic. I mean, he's, he's listen. He's never been a, a natural striker, but that that kind of oomph that he's got, where he knocks people out of the way and he runs through, you know, I think I think a lot of his goals have been, um, you know, running from deep and, and running mm. at defences and stuff like that. He's not a he's not a guy that's going to tap in something typically in a six yard box, is he? Um, I think we've got a striker problem. Even if Arnautovic yeah. stays, I think we've got a striker. Yeah, we problem. should need to get a couple in the summer. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree. I mean, I think he's probably you know best as a as a you know as as one of a front three or or as a, as a support striker because yeah. he's creative. He creates chances. He's a good you know great player. Um, yeah, yeah. He's like, like it, it's it's he's on a little bad run of form that has coincided with sort of that unfortunate business at, at um, with the possible transfer and lost a bit of confidence I suspect in front in front of goal you know I, I yeah I agree I think he had a decent I, I you know I thought we played all right and against Leicester um I thought you know first half we were we, we were good second half they were they got better didn't they and just came into the game I more. think I think there's a question though that you've got to ask yourself and that is um you look at Perez when he came on and Perez has just not impressed any of us right he's just he's just appeared average now he scored six or seven goals, almost as many as Arnautovic. Yeah, and through doing, you know, from my eyes, through my eyes, doing pretty not very much, but just being in the right place at the right time yeah. to put the ball in the net. Would Arnautovic have been there to knock in that rebound from Obiang? Would Arnautovic have been there to take the through ball from Obiang? Yeah, you don't know. Well, no. maybe the through ball. Well, the through Not ball, because that was almost like, that was a carbon copy, yeah. potentially, of the chance that Noble threaded through to him in the Man United home game, wasn't yeah. it? So, you know, um, I just, I, I, you're probably right in terms of in terms of sort of experience and taking up positions and so on. Yeah, he has spent, played a lot of his career as a sort of wing or a wide attacker, hasn't he? Yeah. He's like a modern wide forward, isn't he? Mm. Um, so there are going to be some things that don't come completely naturally but when he's on song he's you know he's close to unplayable he's, fantastic, he was, yeah. he's been fantastic for us so you just got to assume he suddenly doesn't stop being that player does he that it's about form and confidence in football isn't it you know we um, um uh, 
you know, it was a little worrying when Lanzini was missing and Nasri was sort of unavailable too. But I thought the midfield didn't do badly in that no, game. They were okay. Snodders has stepped up the last couple yeah, of games, yeah. doesn't he? To yeah, be he fair. works hard, doesn't he? He, does. he, he really works sets the tempo. Um, yeah. Noble had a decent game against he Leicester, did. I thought. I thought getting to the byline and crossing, that's yeah. sort of something that... And a really good cross. When he's with when he's with better players, he's more adventurous, isn't he? He yeah. came... When Pae was in the team in that last season at the... Uh, at Upton Park, he he got into some pr- surprisingly advanced positions. Noble, there was yeah. you know a bit of interplay, you know, on like the left flank with Cresswell, and he'd end up putting one over yeah. from near the corner flag, yeah. which you never saw in the sort of previous decade, yeah. practically. Yeah. Great um, cross from him for the very good. For the guy, it was, yeah, yeah. it was, and a really yeah. good header as well. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. well placed. Yeah. header. Well, I thought he was outstanding um, actually, Antonio. For, from when he came <laughs> on against Man United, nuts, isn't from it? when he came on against Man United to yeah. pretty much the yeah. whole game against Leicester. Yeah. Well, the battle against Chilwell was was one of the great battles of that game. It was great. It was it was Mm. great to watch because Chilwell's a decent decent yeah. left back isn't he and he's like kind of sometimes he was just like Antonio the ball just kind of bounces around and he's all kind of kind of arms and legs and and, and getting his body in the way yeah. somehow he comes out with the ball yeah. even you think well you haven't that how have you done that because you've looked as though you're not in control of it he at doesn't all. he doesn't know <laughs> no I mean you know before before he scored that goal you know uh he had that sort of cross from on out of it, which looked like it had enough bend to go in. Possibly, no, it was going wide though, wasn't it? it was going Do you wide, think so? I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he sort of like you know catastrophically diverted it right <laughs> yeah, yeah, for a goal kick. For a goal <laughs> kick, and uh, yeah. then there was a cross he put over, over hit hugely yeah, for yeah, a goal yeah. kick, which was, you know, the the the. He's one of those. Um, He's one of those guys that, that that in a way, if if what he's not doing outweighs what he is doing, he's quite catastrophic. He's quite a liability. Uh, but if he's on the ball enough, he will probably do enough things to kind of counteract the the amount of times he will just kind of ruin an attack for you by just falling over in the penalty area or putting it out for a goal kick. I you think know. on the whole, I mean, he, I think he's he's looked better this season, and that's partly simply because the whole experiment of him being a wing back or a full back or whatever has been very sensibly done away with because he really doesn't have a defensive. He's, re- he's reverted to his type, which is which is. Beast yeah. mode, battering ram, mm. running at people, running yeah, through people. He's obviously got fitter. He had, yeah. you know, I think he had, you know, a, succe- a succession of little injuries and never. Quite yeah, operations, fit, operations. You know. yeah. yeah. So he's about a word for Masuaku. I think who was I thought outstanding two, two against games. Man United yep. Yep. and did well against Leicester. Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes wish he'd do a little bit better to stop crosses coming in. He doesn't yeah. somehow doesn't manage to get any of him. <laughs> Fullback, uh, well, wingers seem to manage I mean, to cross it round him yes, with annoying um, frequency. Is, is he another example of a player improving under Pellegrini, perhaps? Uh, I, I think so. I think, again, it's... Like, it's, it's um, I, I think he's... I, I don't think he's a complete disaster as a defender, but he really isn't a great no. defender. And, he, and, and in both those games, he had a little bit more opportunity to be... To be yeah. Getting into attacking positions uh, and working forward. I, I think suppose. when he's trying to stand up a kind of uh, a, a winger on the opposing flank, he t- he picks the wrong distance to stand from. Yeah, I think that might be you it. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have an instinct for what's going to stop the guy playing. You know, sometimes yeah. you need to go almost touch tight, and sometimes you need to just cut the angle off. And he will consistently do the wrong thing in those things, just so that, so that he's not even standing the guy up. The guy just picks a pass. I'd, um, I'd like to know his history. Did he become a left-back late, late in his development? You know, because they're sort of basics that you're talking about that you yeah. should have learned well, early he on. He said that right? almost as soon as he came into the team. And he, he, he looks made his like debut a... Yeah, he looked yeah. like a wide midfielder yeah. or a winger like, yeah. rather yeah. than a defender. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, he would... It feels like he's a fantastic kind of asset to the squad as a mm. squad player if he can be played as a winger. You know, there was a... Well, it was one of those games where we had that strange kind of... Uh, Injury, sort of riven, sort of lineup where we kind of played four four two, but Antonio was on the bench, and you felt that you know the players we had to play four four two. We don't really have any. We don't have any natural. Wing, but the closest we have to a natural winger was Antonio, who was left on the bench, and uh, so presumably yeah, Snodgrass and Lanzini were wingers. It was the one where Anderson and Noble were injured, I think. Oh, right. So was that. 
Was that Everton? Was that the Everton game? Could have been Everton. Probably was. Um, but very strange. But Masuaku could be a winger in a four-four-two. Absolutely, I think he's, yeah. he takes people on, and he's got a good and he puts a decent ball over. You know, I think it's good. But one thing I've taken from the last couple of games as well is I was a bit concerned that he was that the dressing room had already given up for the summer, broken up for the summer, not trying anymore because they've reached their target. Some of them, I think, if you look at some of the lineups we're playing against Everton, etc., a lot of those players they're probably not going to be there next year. Right? No, and no. so you're wondering what you know levels of commitment that they've got. And but if you go if you take it from the second half against Chelsea and then Man United and then Leicester, you know. It, it, yeah, unfounded well, worries, really. Well, I think there is a there is a concern in the sort of Pellegrini era that we kind of we play really well for a game and then bewilderingly play very badly the next yeah, game and yeah. don't come out of the blocks. Or, as you say, on a kind of half and half basis, like yeah. Chelsea, we, we was we were very very poor in the first half. Very poor. Yeah, it was we like were. an Allardyce performance. We didn't press them. Didn't no, we? We didn't, didn't get near them. And suddenly you know, they became you know Snodgrass. It, it felt like we felt like we were the team with the uh, fluorescent bibs on in a training game. Yes, we were really just there yeah. to make up the numbers, and that's that is Allardyce era West Ham, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, it might have even been that Everton performance where you know it was. I mean, we the title of the podcast was uh, Pelladice, I think, because we even banged it long in that game. It, it was, was an extraordinary, it was it was an extraordinary performance, yeah. and I mean, it is a little worrying that that does seem to be a characteristic of the Pellegrini era is that we we can't seem to get it up to put you know three good performances no. together you know no, we quite often don't follow up a good, good yeah there'll always with. be a hangover yeah. after a good performance yeah. and sometimes yeah. you know in a in a two halves performance we we need to almost you know go a goal down to even wake up and start playing and I mean it, it just he's clearly not a kind of rocket up the arse Guy, you, you, so no, so he no. needs leaders on the pitch. I think that's yeah. the. Uh, we've said this quite, you know, quite a lot in recent podcasts that you know there is a lack of really assertive, you know, leadership. Even even though Noble, I think, is obviously clearly a good captain in some ways. Well, he's not, not a sure great he, captain, is he? He's not a grab the game by the scruff of the neck. No. But, and nor you know even that you know Rice clearly has the potential to be a real leader on the pitch in many ways. By example, again, he's not a kind of. Blood and guts. I'd love to see Rice with a couple of really strong players around him because oh, yeah, I think he's absolutely. compensating for Noble and, and Snodgrass and whoever he plays with. Yeah, uh, Snodgrass is a shouter, isn't he? I mean, he, he is. Yeah, a sort of, and, and, he's and a, you know, just yeah, runs around a lot. You know, mm-hmm. just like, presses. And I think we all like him. We all love yeah, his yeah. heart and everything else. But you've got to, you know, look at look at. Noble and Snodgrass and say, are they the future? No, and they're yeah, probably yeah, not. No, they're not. Nor and nor is Obiang. So in central midfield, we really, really do need to, you know, upgrade things. And you can't yeah. just rely on, you know, um, you, you've got your part. You've got your ball playing. You know, talented players like Lanzini and Nasri or whatever. But you also need some. You, know, you need some Billy yeah. Bonds like steel in there, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, we need a sort of couple of uh, sort of first choice players, don't we, that are going to go straight in and sort of transform the team? Because we do have kind yeah. of, I feel like, uh, you know, Snodgrass, Obiang, and to a degree, Antonio are kind of squad players. You know, they're, yeah. they're kind of. Um, we actually, this season, because he has given everyone a fair crack of the whip. There have been players that you feel are really sort of good squat players, and there is a bit of sort of depth in the squad. You know, some, you know, when when um, Chelsea uh, in the Chelsea game, Snodgrass came off the bench. Your initial reaction was, um, I can't see this making much of a difference. But then his hustle did, just yeah, his yeah, sheer yeah, hustle, yeah, yeah, not did. necessarily his, uh, you know, what he did playing wise but just the energy he brought to it and the tempo and and it helped with the pressing it's, yeah. it lifted everybody a yeah. little bit yeah. and similarly you know you know that if you don't start antonio and you've got a fit motivated antonio he'll cause some problems when he comes on if there's a kind of tiring defense every time he yeah. would be a fantastic mm. sort of substitution mm. so it feels like you know um you know obiang did well in that game i, I i'm yeah. slightly feeling yeah, that right. i'm slightly feeling that he's he's been unlucky at the club he's had some key injuries at times he was working his way into the team and he's yeah. also had successive managers who co- don't quite know what to do with him, don't, don't, don't quite fancy him. Pellegrini seems to sort of see him as a kind of 65th minute sort of substitution yeah. and seems to really just give him the orders, run about and put yourself about a bit. Mm. And, you know, there are probably plenty of 
lower-lying Spanish teams that he would probably get a game every you're, week. You're right, though, because he was... He weren't only good, he was outstanding when he came on. He you was know, really he, good, he, he, yeah. he made the goal for you know, for Perez and he played him through for what should have been, should know, have the, been the other goal, goal yeah, as well yeah. but not only that I mean it, I watched the Sky extended highlights which was 60 minutes and it was like 10 minutes first half and 20 minutes second half right? mm-hmm. and Obiang was just he seemed to be featuring in every play he, yeah. he'd done very little wrong in that second half mm. he was yeah he, no I thought he did well he's a talented player you know there were times when uh, uh, I think that game where we beat Huddersfield 4-1 away last season he's playing in that and uh you know, it saw the kind of um, the potential debut of a kind of Lanzini Arnautovic front pair, and he's yeah. involved in a lot of the build-up. Obiang, his yeah. little back heels, you know, quite often yeah, he good. Can pick a pass, it's good a stuff. Pass we do, you know, he's part of it. But it feels that I, I mean, he's, no, he's never I've, really established himself. You don't think of him. You never, you know, you don't. You see him as a as a squad player. Don't no, you? there were strong rumours about a return to yeah. uh, Spain, and, and I, I think, think that might you happen. Know, in the well, games. I mean, what. Partly through injury, for one reason or another, you, we don't sense that Pellegrini has, has either either really knows or has been able to put his best eleven out on no. the pitch. And you've got to hope that with a more sort of kind of with a few key arrivals that he wants, and that and hopefully that he gets back to to bring in and and uh, you know with a bit, touch with a bit more luck with injuries. We'll get we'll get that sense of what he's established, essentially what his best team is, and yeah. and the people will there'll be a bit of rotation, obviously, but um, you know I think I think we've it's been hand to mouth this season. If yeah, I felt, I think it's been a really successful season, bearing in mind where we came from, because there were a lot of players swapped out in the summer. There was a lot of money spent. Pretty much every sign in, apart from Wiltshire and one or two others, turned out to be successful. I mean, pretty good. Mm, mm. And um, I think, you know, given some money, even though it sounds like he's not going to get very much in the summer because we've got to pay back the shareholder loans to Sullivan and Gold, apparently. Mm, mm. Um, you know, if it wasn't for that, I think we... he he He's shown him and... What's his name? Husilios or... Yeah. Yeah? He, they've shown that they can pick a bargain and they can find some talent, right? So you give them some money, they'll go out and they'll spend it wisely. It's not going to come off like that every time, but it's no coincidence that pretty much every player they sign turn out to be... Yeah, good, right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They've got a. I mean, they've got. There's got to be some creative accounting in the summer because this thirty million figure that's just not enough. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think there. You know, some there will be some outgoings and ingoings, and and they're you know, um, getting Carroll off the wage bill. That's going to make a big yeah. difference. Well, and yeah, Hernandez. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're talking about kind of thirty million, but I think the accountancy will factor in getting a player that you don't you know, that you don't have to pay ninety. 90,000 a week to, yeah, you know. I think that's um, a good point. And it's about freeing up wages. Right? So, it's yeah. about freeing up wages as much yeah. as, yeah, yeah. in some respects, transfer fees. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Um, Wilshire looked all right when he came on. I mean, you know, he didn't. Yeah. He really didn't have a, a long time to shine. But he didn't get injured. Did he, he looked competent. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. well, he's a great. Player. I mean, he he's is. You know, player. if he can. Well, uh, he's of an age, isn't he? Where I mean, you just have no faith in this because players, our experience with players with injury records is that they carry on getting injured. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. They carry on getting injured for one reason or another. But if you know, at the age he's at. You know, if you could, you know, experience, experience he's got yeah. and the quality that you've seen, you know, in play for England and Arsenal, or whatever, you know, he could have a real player on our hands there. Well, but, I mean, he's, he's really the, yeah. felt like a kind of natural, uh, noble replacement. Exactly five years younger, yeah, yeah, yeah. five yeah. years younger with a very similar skill set. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, the, the, uh, the money ball theory of um sort of building squads is always be upgrading or yeah. if you see if you see a player that's within your kind of price limit you know sell the other one and get this new one and i mean noble um who knows what the tail end of noble's career will be like but i mean it, you know there it would be there would be no disgrace in him going to play for a championship team or something Not you at know all. at the end of it because um you know he is having good games at the moment noble but uh, he is you know one of those players that you you, well, you could say there there are better players than him yeah and and it's about it's about the kind of pace and power and athleticism that a lot of um Premier League teams have now. So well, when we play someone like Watford, it just it just gets 
power. They power by him, mm. don't yeah. they? They're just mm. he's just not. You know. Well, I mean, Chelsea away in the same way that you know you were you were saying that Eden Hazard is the player that you know Lanzini dreams of being. Yeah, there's yeah. no disgrace in not being as good as Eden Hazard. In a, by the same token, Kante is is the super Mark Noble. Noble has not at any point been as good as Kante, even a young Mark Noble. He's just a better footballer. It's like, you know, it's, it's not, there's no shame in, you he, know. He is, but as Jim said, it's a physical side. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I think that's a real, that is an important attribute to having that position. They've yeah. all got them, Watford, Wolves especially, you know, they've got these really energetic central midfielders that yeah. take no prisoners. Noble's not really in that. In that no, mold, no, no, no. No. Um, well, look at Liverpool. It's just a very physical. All they've got, they've got all the, they've got the skillful players all around them, yeah. and they've just got powerful, hardworking, you know, pacey, athletic, you know, workhorses in the in the middle of the field, haven't they? So there is a fixture clash on uh, the fourth of May, where we're playing Southampton at mm. twelve thirty, and the. Uh, uh, two, uh, Three. Sorry, three. Uh, we would like to it to be been twelve thirty, yeah. and uh, the women's FA Cup final is at Wembley at five, five thirty. And um, uh, there was an article in the Evening Standard. I mean, obviously, the club made representations to uh, the FA and to Southampton to move the fixture earlier. It doesn't surprise me, and Southampton are perfectly within their rights to sort of say no. Our fans will have bought tickets. Um, they're in a relegation scrap. They're, you know, they're not going to sort of make it easier on the other team. I don't think there's, I don't think that that's a surprise, and it doesn't sort of make me dislike yeah. either our owners or Southampton. Um, you know what the what this tiny piece of writing in the Evening Standard did was sort of throw light on the initial decision to have the Women's Cup final on a day of full Premier League action. It's ridiculous. It shows just how little importance is shown to the Women's FA Cup final. Also, I mean, let's, let's, if you look at even travelling to Wembley Stadium, the um, Jubilee line is not it's running not to Wembley day. Park yes, yeah. on Nuts. Women's yeah. FA Cup final day, yeah. which is ridiculous. I think, yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you that I personally I think the club have taken the easy way out because they asked for a 12.30 um, uh, kick-off. Southampton said no, unsurprisingly, and the club said, oh, okay then, it's Southampton's fault, they didn't want to move it. So they've got someone to blame, they've got an easy out. I think... You know, we've looked at the times, you know, um, about what in order to leave the Southampton game, get across Wembley for, you know, in time, a reasonable time for the um, the women's game, probably half an hour would make all the difference. An hour would make every bit of difference. You could easily get there in, you know, if we were given an, an, an extra hour. So you didn't need an extra two and a half hours. Even an extra 30 minutes would have made it so that you could miss the last 10 minutes of the Southampton game you know, just to miss the rush of the crowd leaving the stadium. Get on a train, go across Wembley, and you'll see the whole game. As it stands at the moment, I own tickets. Um, there's a few of us that are going to go. We're going to leave probably 15 minutes early. If the trains are running reliably, we'll be in the women's game after the first 20 minutes-ish. Right? So it won't be so bad. I'm still thinking of, uh, yeah, maybe trying to get over there for the second half to, for Wembley. I, I'd like to see one full game of football that day, I have to say. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Southampton were going to say, you know, Southampton are, may well be in a kind of relegation. Uh, I think it's sort a Premier League decision. I think it's a Premier League I, decision. I think you're right, because that was mentioned on Twitter today, that it was yeah. a Premier League decision, not yeah. a Southampton decision. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, I think our club said it was a Southampton decision. Although their their out. argument their argument is of, of course that fans have made travel arrangements, and I you know, uh, rightfully enough. so. But it doesn't stop them. Move, they move plenty of games when people have made travel arrangements, don't they? For, no, no, absolutely right. Yeah. And thirty minutes, um, you know, that would have wouldn't have really inconvenienced inconvenienced no, anybody, would it? No, just a little bit earlier kickoff might have might have been. You could thirty minutes that way, and yeah. then the FA Cup final thirty minutes that yeah. way, and it's problem yeah. solved, isn't it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, though. It'd be an yeah. interesting... I've never seen West Ham teams lose twice on the same day before, so I've got a very <laughs> yeah, good chance. Well, I'm, I'm pleased that, that, obviously, you know, they have decided to take the women's team seriously and put some investment into it and go for it. Well, it's about time. Um, if you looked you know, on Twitter, you'd realise that, you know, you read a hell of a lot of, you know, poison, cynicism about, you know, Jack Sullivan's taken over and everything else, and it's his pl- uh, a teenage boy's play thing. Um, fine. As far as I'm concerned, I support anything England, anything Britain, anything West Ham. I don't really 
care. There's, you know, I think there were some really disparaging comments about, you know, oh, I'm not going to repeat them about, you know, rather, you know, even if um, the, the women's team were playing outside my back door, I'd draw the curtains. Oh, yeah, you know, that's yeah, all yeah. crap, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, it's part of part of the club in the same way as you you always want the FA the, the um the youth teams to do well in the FA exactly youth right. cup yeah. or or their yeah. leagues you know it's 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 all part of part well, of I, a big family yeah I if, I mean, if you're you. sort of, you know if you're if you are an idiot and you see it as a sort of stupid thing West Ham have done to basically just annoy you the reality is that a women's super league has been started this year and the we've elected to be part of it and yeah. have made yeah. overtures to join it and mm-hmm. uh, um, put together you know a team that uh, can currently sort of participate in it and uh, why not do that I mean it's why, yeah, how absolutely. are you how it's not going to get smaller that, women's no. women's football is going to get bigger yeah. women's yeah. sport generally is 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 being taken the women the cricket is really going going well with, with England um, and people are taking it, more of a more of an interest in it, and and um, I think you know in the long run they're probably it's probably a loss leader at the moment, but it might sure. well make commercial sense in the long run. And uh, I think it's just an extra thing to yeah. you know to be proud about if you've got a, a team that's doing well. We're in a cup final for God's sake. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. You, <laughs> you look back on this when West Ham's team or, or women's football matures, and it's something quite big. You look back upon this as West Ham got to an FA Cup final. Yeah, and we you were know? yeah absolutely. It, it's important. Um, and it was a, uh, uh, it was good. It was seven quid yeah, to get we in. Yeah, seven quid yeah, to get I in. Bit of a, a traffic jam getting into Wickham's ground. Um, you know, like uh, Jim and I grew up in Bromley, and uh, Bromley United are obviously from there. But we also uh, saw Leighton Orient a lot in the kind of very late eighties, early nineties. And finally, uh, because of such an ignominious fall by Leighton Orient, they ended up in the same division, which is the yeah. uh, the fifth flight of football. Right. And uh, so Rob Banks, who still lives in Bromley, suggested we go and watch them. And what surprised me was that the standard of football is now very high. So the kids can obviously you know like kids who skateboard and stuff they're full of tricks it's all step overs now they've got this kind of skill set that you know a few years ago looked like the greatest players in the world are doing these things there are a few old fashioned uncompromised battered faced kind of centre halves um, like you know know, Roger Johnson plays for Bromley plays for Bromley yeah yeah. and was very good he was the he was kind of doing the incredible amount of shouting and organising his friends yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously did, a couple of years ago... Did he get them ago, relegated? <laughs> during the match. <laughs> no, but he did cost them the FA Trophy final. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, he scored that. He's got the own goal towards, oh, the, did he? towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was actually kind of sort of a cut above in this game yeah, and was, uh, Bromley beat Leighton 6-1. Six, so, um, I, I, I so can I just say, I don't really expect to win this game against no, Man City. No, no, no. Man City are a very good side yeah. and they've beaten us 7-1 seven, seven, and 3-1 yeah, yeah. so far this year. If Which makes it even more, it makes it even yeah. more of a shame that like sort of, you know, 20,000 fat blokes from Essex aren't going to suddenly turn up and cheer them on. It would be a fantastic sort of statement and I mean, you know, I, Again, I mean, I don't, I don't. I think it is. It's the fault of the organisers of the Women's FA Cup final, not really the sort of football league for just playing on a day when, you know, there's men, you know, full program of Premiership football. It's ridiculous. It's idiotic. Yes. But um, you know, they were good, weren't they? I thought. I thought that yeah. Reading yeah, were actually fun, the, Reading were actually the better team. Reading were. They were. They were, um, they were stronger generally. Yeah. We had. We were very good in the attacking third. We've got sort of uh, skillful, very quick. I thought they tried to bully West Ham a bit. I mean, they, they were did, very yeah. physical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reading, you know, they were yeah. clattering into challenges. And we've got quite a, a, a quick, pacey, uh, talented uh, left-sided attacker from the Swiss girl. Layman. Layman, yeah. yeah. She did not fancy mixing it in the challenge but no. she but she scored the goal and yeah. uh you know and we, we we had pace and a bit of skill up front yeah the number we? eight was really good we yeah, were good down the, we were good yeah. down that side yeah. right? with the left side we were good we had issues with our right back didn't we, we yeah i didn't she think she was that strong to, yeah um but also uh uh the canadian when she came on leon leon yeah full of tricks it's like yeah, she, you know yeah, she, she really was, was. everything yeah. was like yeah. step overs yeah. and flicks yeah sort of chopping inside was very good on the ball um, and also a bit more rel- relishing a challenge you know, a right. bit more quite quite you know quite solid 
uh, in the challenge. So yeah, know, right. Bit, the sort of heart of, of the midfield was you know, a bit weak. They they they've signed the captain of South Korea. Yeah, haven't they? and she, she didn't get enough time on the ball, did she? No, she 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 looked like she could play. She took that last penalty mm, yeah, very really well. well yeah. uh, she's clearly quite an adept player but was just clattered the second she got the ball. I mean, right. yeah. And I think yeah. it, that might be a kind of, you know, like you were saying, Jimmy, it is a cliche, but it is that kind of yeah. got to get use of, to the pace of the English game. I think game, it is. I think, you know. it, I think it possibly is. I think for case. her, I think in yeah. her case it was. And like, I think the midfielder they signed right at the start of the season, who they, were, I think, were expecting to be a bit of a star player, the Dutch uh, from, from Holland, I forget her name, she got injured before the season started, yeah. so she hasn't played. So I think that's been a bit of a kind of, bit of a blow. Um, but it is like, there are certain things about it, what, uh, what you know, from, from sort of technical, we've got this very tall and effective centre-half, but she's not, you know, she is a bit, it's like watching teams that you used to, it's like watching Gary Strodder, you know, it's like, <laughs> kind of, you, know, yeah. you know, he'd win a lot in the air, but, yeah. but she, she, she wasn't a great passer no, of the football, was she? Agricultural. <laughs> agricultural. agricultural, yeah, yeah. Hendricks. Yeah, yeah Hendricks. She, oh, was she, was big... she put her body on the line. She was, you know, she really was effective in defence. Yeah. Um, oh, in, um, I've watched yeah. a couple of episodes of the sort of docu-soap about them and she gets two broken noses in one episode. <laughs> right. Really? Yeah, she's yeah. coming back from a broken nose yeah. with a face mask on and then gets another one. She's hard as nails, yeah, but, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't really, not comfortable with the ball yeah. at her feet, No, no. So, I just think, yeah. look, it's the last game of the season. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's May the fourth, so I think, you know, personally, start out a little bit early, have a couple of beers, go and see most of, yeah. you know, seventy-five percent of West Ham against Southampton. Hopefully, would be out of sight by the time I leave. Nip across to Wembley, have a few more beers, head into Central London for a few more beers yeah, later on yeah. to celebrate the FA Cup final win. Yeah, so, might, sounds like a great day, doesn't it? It, it might does buy a sound very try good. And get there for the second half. Okay. I think mm-hmm. I might do that. And, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to go. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, come on, West Ham Women's. Uh, I think uh, that might be our podcast, gentlemen. And uh, right. But it remains for us to uh, predict what will happen against Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, we've avoided that rather well, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. The oh. new stadium, looking the forward to seeing stadium. the new stadium. Yes, yes. The away end's the other end now, is it? It's not the part lane end, is it? It's the, oh, oh, yes, the other the far way. end, yeah, isn't it? Yes, yeah, slightly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. It's a shame, you know... Uh, even though Leicester were above us, the, the our sort of home fixtures looked to be where we might get points and all of our away games mm. looked hard. Though, in fact, the way that's turned out, I mean, it was hard. We did lose uh, against Manchester United, but we shouldn't have lost against Manchester United. It was much easier than we thought. Chelsea, we didn't, we didn't turn up really, but um, we've got uh, Spurs and Wolves. Uh, sorry, um, Watford away, haven't yeah. we? And Watford are going well. They're but above us. But they'll have us. a cup final to yes, play. Yes, they will, yeah. Mm. So and they've got the Champions League semi-final to play. So, you know, there'll be players not wanting to get injured for that. You hope. Yep. I, I, we've had a couple of know. good. We've had a couple of good games. You know, we're sort of we've stopped the rot. I hopefully we're. You know, Anderson, uh, Anderson's mazy run in the second yeah, half. Good wasn't it? Leicester. Yeah, that yeah, felt yeah. like. Come on, son. You can do that all the time, but yeah. he sort of doesn't. And I think he doesn't do it for the right reasons. He's looking to pick a pass. He's looking to move the ball quicker than he moves. But yeah. he's very good on the ball, and that you know he often starts a run by nutmegging a player, yeah. goes past them, uh, and and uh, then he's quick. Anderson's quick. He's and, good, and, he's, and, he is quick with the ball at his feet. Yes, as well, he isn't is. He? He's yeah. you know like Decanio, very yeah. quick with the ball at his well, feet. Well, you know, I, I can't predict a win. No, I just don't see it happening. Uh, they've. Got, uh, um, but I think we might nick a point, so I'm going to go for the traditional one-one. One-one. I'm feeling really positive about this. I was having a chat with some Spurs supporters last night, and um, mentioned that Wiltshire came on with five minutes to go, so he's lovely and fit again. And they're going, "Oh no, oh no! Right, right. I'm yeah. out of here. Hasn't scored since the China yeah, debacle. Yeah, right? Yeah. Everything's lined up. All these ducks are in a row. Ducks, We've yeah. started playing yeah. well. Yes. The Champions League qualification depends on it. It's going to happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Two-one yeah, West Ham. Yeah, yeah. two-one. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to say tool. I'm going to say tool. Um, but yeah, you know, so yeah, I love that. You know, we've had some good, we've had some good games. Two in a season, wasn't it? Well, three. We've both been we've three had some times very in the season. decent game. We've had some time, and that was a shit West Ham them. team. That yeah, was at yeah, the middle yeah, Allardyce yeah, year, yeah, is where yeah, Ravel yeah, Morrison yeah, scores that yeah, very yeah. good goal yeah. in the game that came out on DVD. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, the yeah. club put one football match out on DVD. We do raise, we do raise it for yeah, them. We've, yeah. we've not put in many really bad performances against Spurs in recent no, years. No, no. Very unlucky to you um, to. Yeah. Well, it was bad decision making from Billich that game that we ended up losing two one, but should have won. Uh, was that the now? Was that the penalty? Was that the late the late, late, late the late penalty? The well, they, where Norvite gave the penalty away. Was that the two one or was that the draw two all? I think that the two all draw. No, I think it was a we win. Lost that one, didn't we? we lost that one. Yeah. Well, that was the one where. Was that the one where the penalty was saved? I think he might have scored two late penalties against that. They've merged in my head. Yeah, I think there was one. I think there was one where they scored to equalise and scored to win. There was one in about the last two minutes. The referee was genuinely shit because because the penalty came past. You have to extend play. Yeah. to allow the penalty to be taken, which but is once the it is taken. But once the ball has been taken, the goalkeeper saved it. If you remember, yeah. Uh, once the uh, once the um, the, the penalty's been saved, he should have immediately blown the whistle for full yeah. time and he allowed Kane to put the rebound in and gave it. That's that is right. just wrong. Yeah, it was yeah. just against the laws of the game. Never yeah. would have happened with VAR. I still hate that referee. I don't know who it was, but I hate him. <laughs> and uh, we've Probably come a Reading fan. We've, we've, come, we've, book, we've <laughs> book-ended this podcast with anti-referee yeah, sentiment. Yeah. And on that note, uh, we leave you. And gentlemen listening at home. My name has been Phil Whelans and still is with me, Jim Grant. Cheerio. Gary Killington. Good night. Come on, you eyes. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.